But we're in a series called Real Jesus, where we've been taking the, the last few weeks and looking at stories and moments in time in history and the Gospels where people really experienced Jesus and when they did, what happened and what can we learn from that. And this week we're going to be looking at uh, prayer and we're looking at what Jesus and, and his interactions with prayer. Uh, we're going to be looking specifically at Luke chapter 11. So if you've got your Bible with you today, you can turn there. And we're going to be jumping into that in just a few minutes. And we're going to be looking at this idea of, Lord, teach us to pray. I believe as we look in Scripture and as we look at this, these stories and look at the life of Jesus, we're going to get maybe a template or a script on how we can uh, approach God and how we can pray. Uh, and in today's time and in the season that we're in, man, prayer is becoming something that a lot of us are relying a lot on. And so today I hope that we can encourage you, hope that we can equip you, hope that we can help you to have a better prayer life. And so what is prayer? I, I, and just right out of the gate, what is prayer? I want to just give you a really simple definition. This is what prayer is. Prayer is talking with God. It's simply that. And, and I think a lot of times maybe we think it sounds a certain way, like you have to use some thou's or these, and Lord, thou art great. Uh, but it's not that. Unless that's how you talk, then, then pray that way. But if that's not how you talk, then that's not how you have to pray. So if prayer is just talking with God, um, then it, why is it important for me? Is it important for me? Is prayer really a big deal in my walk with God? I mean, I come to church some, and I pray when things get bad. Is it like So should prayer really be that big a deal? And so let's look at Jesus, and let's look at the real Jesus, and see maybe what he has to say about that. And in fact, as you look through the Gospels, I'm going to show you a bunch of times uh, where Jesus went and prayed. In Luke chapter 3, it says, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heavens opened up. So when Jesus was, uh, I think a lot of you guys have maybe heard this story, of when Jesus was baptized and heavens opened up and God said, This is my son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased with. And then it says, like, the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. And you maybe have heard that story or, or seen the little flannel graph when you were a kid about that moment. But maybe you didn't recognize this. It says, Jesus had also been baptized and was praying. So even at the moment of his baptism, when, when the Holy Spirit came on him and his ministry started and he stepped out to start healing people, a moment in time, he paused to pray. And I think that was significant. In Mark chapter 14, it says, And after he sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Mark chapter 6, it says, After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. Luke 6, it was at the time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. And so we get a place, like God, Jesus is going to a specific place to go to pray, and he was praying often to God. Mark 1 in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left his house, and went away to a secluded place, and was praying there. Luke 5, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness to pray. Matthew 26, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there to pray. So is prayer important for you? I think it is, and here's why I think it is. If Jesus needed prayer, if Jesus needed prayer, so do we. If Jesus needed prayer, so do we. And so Jesus oftentimes, and if you look at these stories and unpack more than just the one verse that I shared in this moment, and you unpack these stories, what you realize is right before Jesus would do something that was difficult, he would often go to pray. Or if he was looking for guidance or wisdom or had a big decision or a big day coming, he would often go to pray. In fact, it says the night that he went and prayed all night 
was right before he went out and started choosing and selecting his disciples. So God was, Jesus was approaching God, asking for God for wisdom, talking with God, asking for God for help. Oftentimes when he was, uh, after a, a big day of ministry and he was exhausted, he would tuck away to pray. So for us today, do we need prayer? Is there times that you're exhausted? Is there times that maybe you need to make a big decision? Is there times that maybe you're faced with some, some uncertainty? And when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, he went there because he knew what was coming but wanted to make sure he heard from God right before he went to the cross. Maybe you're facing some uncertainty today. I'll tell you this, if Jesus needed to pray in those situations, so do we. Uh, Psalms 34, 17 says this. Let's look at the scripture. It says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. When a righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. That's, when you see this, maybe some of you today, you're reading this, when the righteous cry for help, that's why God doesn't answer my prayers because I'm not very righteous. <laughs> maybe you're thinking, now I get it. The prayers that I've prayed, I recognize maybe I'm, I, don't, I don't stand up to that. Like I know myself and I know what I've done. I know where I've been. And so that's why when I cry out to God and I ask for help, he doesn't meet me where I'm at. Maybe that's why I don't pray because I'm not good enough. And maybe once I get my life right enough, maybe once I do enough right things, then I'll start to pray. But that's not what righteous means here. In fact, Righteousness is not an achievement level of Christianity that you unlock. Um, it's not something that once you do enough things, those of you Fortnite players out there, you do enough things, you un unlock another level. It's not like that. Righteousness is not once I do this right or say this right, once I stop doing this, then I become righteous. Righteousness for us is given to us by the work that Christ did on the cross. There's not enough things that we can do right that would ever really make ourselves righteous. So when the scripture is saying when the righteous cry out for help, what it's saying is when those that have recognized they need Jesus, when those that have called on Jesus and said, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I invite you to be in my life. Jesus, I invite you to be the Lord of my life. Those who have recognized that they need God in their life, that God hears those people and he delivers them out of all their troubles. So that's good news for you because you don't have to be good. You don't have to have everything together. But if you believe and trust in Jesus and he hears you and he delivers you out of your out of the situation and you're in. And this is, this, is, uh, this is how kind of a paraphrase of the scripture. We have access to God because of Jesus through prayer. You have access to God. I have access to God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because he made things right by dying on the cross for our sins, for our transgressions, for our iniquities. And then he defeated it when he rose again from the grave. Because of the work that Jesus did on the cross, we have access to God through prayer. And that is so cool. So prayer, do we need prayer? Yes, we need prayer because Jesus needed prayer. What is prayer? It's just talking to God. Can I approach God in prayer? Yes, I can because of what Jesus did for me. And that's so good. So God hears us. He delivers us. In fact, this is a, a great quote here. It says this. This is by Ian Bounds. It says, the central significance of prayer is not in the things that happen as a result of prayer. So the most significant part of prayer is not that I pray and something happens. Here's the most important part of prayer. But in the deepening intimacy and the unhurried communion, communion with God. So what's the most important part of prayer? What's the central significance? It's not that when I pray, God gives me something. The most significant thing about prayer is that I get to have a deepening intimacy and an unhurried communion with God. Prayer is just getting to know God. 
And so I think sometimes we think it's got to sound a way or look a certain way. But when you talk to someone, when you get to know someone, when you share stories with someone, when you hear about them and talk and you listen and you talk and you listen, you get to know that person. And this is what this invitation to prayer is, is to know God better. It's to have intimacy and communion with God. So here's what I know. I know this, that when we pray, when we pray, we pray to know God better. What prayer does for us is it helps us know him better. When you talk to someone and you listen to someone, you get to know them better. And here at Vima, that's one of our value, that's one of our, our key mission pillars, is that we want to help people know God. We want to help people uh, grow in freedom. We want to help people discover their purpose, and we want to help people go make a difference. Well, that first one, how do we know God better? We do that by talking to God. We do that by having conversations with God. He's a real God that really wants to talk to you. So here's the question that maybe many of you are asking, and maybe you even thought this at different times, is, is how do we pray? How do we pray? And this scripture is going to give us a little bit of insight. So Jesus was, was praying. Now, Luke chapter 11, so we're in our main scripture here. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. You, you catch that earlier when I said he went away to the mountain, he went away to the mountain, he went away to the mountain. This is important for us. If you want to have a good prayer life, this is free, it's sitting in my notes. But you need to have a certain place. You need to have a place that is yours, that's sacred, that you know that you go to often to pray to God. Jesus did that. He had a place. Now, when Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus is about to do just that, just as John taught his disciples. So in verse 2 it says, And he said to them, When you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. So the disciples, they said, hey, we need to know how to pray. We, we recognize that when you pray, that things are happening. Jesus, when you pray, you're getting refreshed. Jesus, when you pray, you're getting guidance and wisdom. When you pray, that God's working through you and miracles are happening. And so the disciples recognize this and they're like, hey, we want some of that. And I don't know about you today, if you're watching at home, if you could say, hey, I want some of that. Like, I want some of what Jesus had, and I want to be more like him, and I want, to, I want to be able to do some of the things that he did, and I want to have the joy that he had and the peace that he had, and I want to be more like him in my life. So the disciples are asking this question, how do we do that? How do we pray like you, Jesus? And so this, what Jesus gave right here was not a script. And, and oftentimes, if you watched old war movies and stuff, and, and, and there's moments that people would pray the Lord's Prayer when they're like all, everything is just falling apart. They're just like, man, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. You've heard it before. Maybe you've prayed that before. Well, this is not so much a script as it is an outline. And I want to show you this today. I think this will help you in understanding how do we pray. How do we pray? The first thing that Jesus said is, Father. He says, our father, or father, depending on the translation that, you, that, you, that you're reading from, father. This was revolutionary when Jesus said this. When Jesus was telling the disciples to pray and say, our father, no one had ever talked to God like that before. In fact, that, was, that would almost seem irreverent to call God father. God was this being that was just and powerful and was up in the heavens, and they had this perspective that he was up there judging right and wrong, and all you had to do was live a certain way or not live a certain way, and if you did or didn't, then lightning bolts would come down and strike you. I mean, that's the kind of perspective they had of God. And Jesus says, if you want to learn how to pray, your approach matters. 
You have to know how to talk to God. You have to know the right way to approach him. And that's out of relationship. He's not just some being that's up in the sky that's just waiting to, to send good things or bad things to you based off of how you live. This is, a, a, this, this is a God, the God of the universe, the God of creation, wants to know you better. And so Jesus is showing them that, that this approach, in fact, the word there would have been Abba, Abba Father. This is a, a, an Aramaic word, and this basically means not just father, that even sounds a little bit archaic or hierarchical. This word would have the interpretation, the feeling of this word is an enduring term. It would almost like Jesus was telling them to say daddy or dada. I've got a little 18-month-old son, and he says dad, dad, dad. And he says that about anything, if he's mad or happy or hungry. And so I just always take it as if he's talking to me. And so I, always in the house, I'm like, oh, Abel's, hey, yes, son. Um, but that's almost like what it's like. It's an enduring term saying, dad, father, daddy. And this is, what, this is how Jesus says that we approach him in prayer. And the first thing you have to get right when you pray is a relationship. And some of us are approaching him as a dictator or maybe even a vending machine. Some of us are approaching him saying, God, give me this. God, help me here. God, if you fix this, then I'll do this. We want to work in exchange. I'm going to put a dollar in, God. I'm going to spend a few minutes with you, and I want you to spit out the thing that I want. Jesus is telling us, here's the approach. Here's the way that you pray. Father. So that's the first. How do we pray? Approach him out of relationship. He wants to know you. Second one, hallowed be your name. This is worship. The word hallowed literally means holy or to lift up or beautiful. And so what Jesus is saying is say, Father, hallowed be your name. And so it's God, you're my father. I have a relationship with you. And then it's this idea that you're good. God, you're loving, you're faithful, I worship you. God, I give you praise because you are good. And so this is the idea of just worship and, and lifting up who he is and recognition of what he's done. This is just praise, thanksgiving, worship. Then it goes on to say this, um, verse, uh, or step three here, how do we pray? Your kingdom come. So our Father, how would be your name? Your kingdom come. Now this is so we're going, God, thank you, this relationship, God, you're good. And then now we're going to surrender or submission. This is the idea that God's ways, his kingdom, are not my ways. Your kingdom come. God, I'm inviting you to do what you want to do. And, I, and for me to play a part that you've called me to play. This is about submission. This is about recognizing that God has a plan, that God has a way. In fact, Scripture tells us that his thoughts are higher than ours, or his ways are higher than ours. And so this is about us going, God, I recognize that you are powerful, that you're in control, and I trust you, and I submit to your kingdom. I'm asking for your kingdom, your will, your way to happen in my life. Uh, your way, not mine. Help me to live according to your will. So prayer, it, prayer does not, this, this, is, this is just a little free thought for you. Prayer does not, does not get God to do what you want. That's not what prayer is for. Prayer is not for us to get God to do what I want. Prayer gives God access to do what he wants to do in you and in me. So I'm going to say that again because that's really good. If you're taking notes, you should write this down. Prayer does not get God to do what you want. Prayer gives God access to do what he wants to do in you. And that's what we're asking. God, your kingdom come. God, I trust you. I trust your way. I trust what you're wanting to do, so I invite you to do that. So then the next thing in the, in Jesus says in this, this outline of prayer, he says, give us each day our daily bread. So this is where we come to God and we say, God, I've got some needs. God, there's some things that I need. There's some things that are going on. There's some things that are weighing on me. There's some, some anxiety or fear or frustration. Maybe there's a relationship thing going on. 
You know, here's, here's the reality as we're praying for sickness and healing and we're praying for this COVID-19 and praying for God to do a miraculous work all across the world. The reality is people still have regular everyday struggles. That there's some people that they woke up today and yes, there's things going on in our world that maybe we don't, are uncertain about. But the reality is there's also tension in our marriage. Or they're also worried about what their kids are getting into or how their kids are responding or what their kids are doing. They're also worried about where their next paycheck is going to come from. So even though there's things going on that we're all carrying and weights, but there's really each day there's things that we face. And this scripture gives us permission every day to come to God and say, God, this is what I need. And this scripture says that we can approach God every day and recognizing this every day, each day. This is recognizing that, that life is ever-changing and that, it, that our needs are shifting. So it's not just about once a month you pile up all your requests. Every day you can approach God and say, God, this is where I'm at, really. And I, I really need your help here. Daily bread, this is about the needs. We need bread. We need food to survive. And this is, well, this is what the scripture is saying. Is it's okay to pray for things that you need. It's okay to pray for things that you need to survive. In fact, the scripture in the Psalms, it tells us that his mercies are new each day. Why does it say that? It's because we need them every day. Every day has its new set of challenges. And if you've been following along uh, with everything going on in the world, you re recognize that every 24 hours things are changing rapidly. And so we need God every day. So approach him daily. Then it tells us to do this. The fifth thing it tells us to do is forgive us our sins. This is all about us approaching God with repentance. Repentance, what does that mean? It means simply saying, God, I've messed up and, and I need your forgiveness. God, I've messed up and would you help me? God, I messed up in this area of my life, or I made a mistake here, or made a bad decision, or watched something I shouldn't have watched, or said something I shouldn't have said, and God forgive me. And that's what this really is, just seeing God for who he is, because he really sees us for who we are. It's being real with God. So God, you're, you're amazing. You are the God of the universe. Remember, how would be your name? Father God, I have access to you. I have a relationship with you. I recognize that you're good, but because I've recognized you're good, I've also recognized that I'm sometimes bad. And I need you, and I, and I pray, and I ask God that you would forgive me of that. As we see God for who he is, we start to see ourselves for who we are, and we recognize our need for a Savior. Psalms 51.17 says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, God, you will not despise. So we come before God humbly with a broken spirit saying, God, I've messed up. If you're walking before God saying, hey, I'm pretty good, uh, you're going to have a hard time approaching God. You may have a hard time hearing God. But when you recognize that God is good and that you aren't, and it's only through his goodness that we can even approach him, that, that humility that brings us to repentance. And that when we come to God with repentance, this is how good he is. He forgives us of our sins. So then what should we do then after we've had our sins forgiven, after God has done a great work in our lives, we should forgive others. This is about forgiveness. So as God's forgiven us, we should give what's been given to us, and we should be willing to give it to others. The grace that's been given to us, we should be willing to give to others. The love, the compassion that's been given to us, we should be willing to give to others. This gift that God has given to us was meant to be redistributed through the world. So when God forgives us, we should be willing to forgive others. And what's the last thing? How do we pray? Lead us not into temptation. This is about asking God for guidance. It's about asking God to show me his ways, to, to follow his direction, to asking God to keep me, to protect me, to preserve me as I follow him. So the way that we learn to pray is by praying. So I would encourage you, this is an outline. It's not a script. 
These are just moments. And in fact, if you look on our Facebook page in the comments, we're posting a link even while you're watching this to a PDF. It's a, it's a file, a document that you can download that will help you learn how to pray. So you can take this today, set it on a table or set it in a chair, to find a place, a place just like Jesus, and go to God and pray through this outline. It will help you. It will enrich your life. In Luke 18, it says this. Uh, it says, one day Jesus told his disciples a, a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Jesus told his disciples a story to show them they should always pray and never give up. When should you pray? What's the right time to pray? Pray always. How does that look like? Pray first. Pray first thing in the morning. Pray often. Pray when you think about it, when you're driving, when you have a, a few minutes. Pray in response to something. If you got a bad report or bad news, pray then. Pray before something happens. Pray after something, something's happening. Pray early. Pray in the middle of the day. Pray at the end of the day. Pray first. And here's, here's just the last thought for us today. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And what I see happening in today is that a lot of people are coming back to prayer. And that so encourages me. If that's you and you recognize, man, I've not prayed a lot, God's not mad at you. God's not looking at you going like, where have you been? Uh, you know, you're jumping onto these live streams and maybe some of you are, are doing church for the first time in a long time and you're doing it because it's, it's comfortable. It's easy. It's accessible. It's in your home. It's on your phone. God's not sitting there judging you go, oh, it's about time you came back. Prayer is, is not this thing that we have to become a certain way before we can do it, that we have to be righteous in ourselves. Remember at the very beginning, it says that, that a righteous person can approach God and we find righteousness by recognizing that we need God and by the work that Jesus did on the cross. So prayer is our first response. I would encourage you from this point forward, as you face adversity or anxiety or fear or panic, to pray first. Maybe today you're sitting here and you're watching this, you're like, John, I don't really know God. In fact, when you said earlier and, and, and you showed us that scripture about the righteous can approach God, I recognize I've never made Jesus Lord of my life. So today, maybe you've recognized that you're not righteous because you recognize that you've never prayed that prayer. You've never made Jesus Lord of your life. You, ha you can have access to God today to pray to him. And there's nothing really that you have to do or achieve. All you have to do, Romans 10 tells us this, all we have to do is believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that God raised Jesus from the dead and that he is Lord of our lives. And when we do that, it says that we are saved. So I want to invite you today, whether you're in your, your house or your home or maybe you're watching this on your phone, I want to invite everyone to pray this prayer with me. We're going to join our faith together. So whether you've prayed this prayer before or you've never prayed it, whether you've been in church your whole life or this is the first time you've really done church, pray out loud with me. Repeat this prayer with me, everyone together. Here we go. Say, Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending him to this earth for me to die on the cross, to raise again, to make a way for me to communicate with you. God, thank you for hearing my prayer. God, thank you for loving me. God, I confess that I have sins. God, I confess that I've made mistakes. But God, right now, I thank you that you've forgiven me of all of those. Jesus, I believe in you. I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with us today.